captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Hello, and welcome to NGOG. That stands for Norm's Guardian Offends Girl, and that's right, we are here to offend girl with Norm's Guardian and the aforementioned girl. First, he is the titular old guy. That's right, NGOG doesn't stand for that. That was a joke. Welcome to the main conversation. First, the old guy, titular old guy, Akiva Winokur in the building. Akiva, how are you doing today? It's very exciting that well, this is an old enough show that we have repeat guests. That's right. I am I am what you call the first two-timer. Mm-hmm. The dose, if you will. That's me. Poo in the name, number two. What's good? All right. And then we've got... Oh, yeah, I didn't introduce myself. That doesn't matter. I don't matter here. What matters is not the new girl, but the main girl. The only girl that matters in this place. It is Ali Lasher. Ali, how are you doing today? Yeah, I am the offended girl. Uh, Puya, mm-hmm. always happy... To be to get to chat to you, chat with you, chat, chat to you. you. I just, so Austra- I just joined Love Island. I'm the Australians say chat to you, and honestly, I try and be accepting about other cultures' speech <laughs> patterns, <laughs> but it's wrong. Like chat to you sounds wrong. Sorry, all the Australians out there. I think chat to you has like a romantic connotation to me, but maybe again, the only context I hear it in is like foreign and dating shows. Mm-hmm. Right. It's in- yeah. It's definitely possible. I think. Have a chat is British. Chat to you is Australian. Mm-hmm. Chat with you is American. I and, don't say chat. Uh, I don't think I say chat ever. You chat. You don't you say chat. chat? You no. Chat. We talk. <laughs> we talk. We don't talk. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> no, seriously. Thank you for having me. First of all, before I say anything, I am, of course, Puyazan Vakili. Back at it again. This is. Arguably the most contested episode you've ever had, so I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, I don't have to ask you why this episode. This was the true heads will remember that uh, a wheel was spun, and Puya, I think it was like Robbie Chester and producer Kelly wanted this spun on the wheel, and uh, Puya Puya called it first, and the wheel respected his dibs. Yeah. I'm very grateful that the wheel fell to my favor that day. I remember when you initially said, well, we're going to put it on the wheel now. And I thought, um, does shotgun not matter anymore? I called I called dibs. I said, hey, season two, this one. Guess what? Tonight, um, I'm going to look at season three and I'm going to be like, OK, I know which ones are taken. I'm on this one. I'm going to I'm going to plant my flag for the third one. But no, I want to say a special hello to Robbie, Chester and producer Kelly. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Not only are you here to talk about season two, episode 15, Cooler, directed by Max Winkler, written by Rebecca Adelman, which originally aired January 29th, 2013, but we have some old business because you're here, but you were also here, here on Sunday, Puya and I uh, met in person, Akiva, and Puya was in my home. <laughs> I was. Is that a weird way this to say fact. it? <laughs> I will say a crushing blow to all of our Canadian friends when they realize, like, oh, the New Yorkers, they could just, like, get together. Not just Corona stuff, but, like, oh, yeah, like, people live in one place and they could all hang out. And, uh, yeah, it was very cool to see. 
He got on a train. I know, too. but the point is, like, New York is very centrally located. Like, it's not that big of a deal for people to come to New York if they live in Connecticut or Jersey or Philly. or. That Maryland. should not be the takeaway. The takeaway of Puya and I met mm-hmm. in person and he saw yeah. my mostly sort of tidied home. Yeah, I was going to ask should Puya. Should not how- be, uh, New York is centrally located. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Puya, I we need yes. a cleanliness ranking from one to ten, and pretend oh, like no. you were a zero me... if you want. Like don't. Oh, I and I and I'll be, be listen. Scared. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you, mm-hmm. okay? As oh, I can. No. The only way I know how. Mm-hmm. Straight up, Ali's apartment looks phenomenal. Wow, phenomenal. If, the decor on yeah. point. The hospitality on point. The that host on point. Mm-hmm. There was there was a section of the apartment. <laughs> That I was told to not quote, don't look at my desk, do not ignore that desk. So every time I looked to the left of the apartment, I covered my my face so I wouldn't see mm-hmm. it. But everything else was on point. Oh, but even uh, that also, wasn't that yeah. bad. Let me explain. I'm getting a new desk and like I just have a bunch of crap on it. But it's like, it's it's like I say don't look at it, but I don't really, you know, there's not like dead bodies on it. No, no, no. It was it was a little cluttered, and I, I have yeah, a cluttered it's a clutter. Desk. That's like my clutter yeah. section. And it was great having you here, Puya. Puya was hilarious about the desk. He was like, I forget, he was talking to Liana. He was like, be like that desk, don't look at me. <laughs> I said, like treat desk, me like the desk and like don't look desk. at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And we had a lot of fun. We met up with uh, Sam Moore and Brian Scally and Jacob Jones. You know, you know, a lot of past and future guests, hopefully, of NGOG. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looked very fun. Um, what What's the decision process where you invite people to your house for brunch instead of going to a restaurant? No, it wasn't that. It was like the trains got in early. So mm-hmm. Liana and Puya and Scally and Sam, like when their trains arrived, came. Uh-huh. And then we met everyone who like lives in the city at like a more reasonable time to meet up with people. Okay, that's, that's fair. Um. Yeah, but no. it was a lot of fun. And Akifa, you know this. I didn't even like side chat you like this is actually miserable. Like I actually gave it a positive review. Yeah, I so knew you were having a good time because I even like sent you a message. I didn't get a response. <laughs> and I knew like there wasn't like a guy involved. She was just genuinely having either a good time or like maybe too much alcohol was involved. Let's but see. I'm going to say having a good time. Well, I sometimes knew- both. Yeah, I knew Ali enjoyed her time because me and Liana left before Ali did. Wow. And at no point did I see Ali looking for an escape route to Irish goodbye. So mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Everything was smooth. And it was great to know that we were fun for Ali to want to hang out with us. So it was a very <laughs> big pleasure. But nobody else will ever want to hang out with me again who was there. That's the, that's the takeaway. I did try to Irish goodbye, uh, a smaller group of Naomi, Scally, again, a lot of past and future NGOG guests. And we were like actually saying goodbye. And I just was like, you know what? Bye. And just walked. But they were all going in my same direction. So we had like a super bad situation. (laughs) That's funny. Um, you know, notice Puya not jumping in to be like, no, no, people will want to hang out with you. This is this is the cross I bear. This is why I complain about everybody else. You know, it's easier when it's uh, my choice. But we have some other old business besides mm-hmm. the hang. My first and last podcast hang. What's um, Lena says last episode contains St. Louis style pizza slander. <laughs> no, St. Louis style pizza slander with no warning at the top of the pod. Don't knock until you've tried it, people. So, Akiva, do you want to recant my St. Louis-style pizza slander? Yeah, I mean, I've never had St. Louis-style pizza, so, I, I mean, I can't really 
you know, what am I really going to say? We could go there. We could do a live show in St. Louis and try their pizza. It's more of a Renap idea. I know. I have 32 fans would do it, honestly. Have like a pizza tournament. Can Renap do the first live? Can you scoop RHAP like know-it-alls on doing a live show? I think I, I think we could if I... First of all, I'm like not in the country. It's a little tricky. I but, hear uh, a lot of rumors that Kiwi's uh, making landfall. Hurricane yeah, Kiwi's going to make ranfa- uh, landfall. It's possible. Month. I could be in, in Puya's neck of the woods. I could be I could be anywhere Ooh, in Florida. That's not possible. You, you could be almost nowhere. I could be nowhere. That is true. I could be at my desk just sitting here. That's probably where I'll end up being. Um, I wa- I, 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 if we could talk about New Girl for a second, unless you, unless you have other stuff to get to. No, my only at last... No, no. I was going to take it to New Girl, so go for it. I, I was wondering why Puya, because he, he's been on for what... I figured this had to be a special episode for him to like want to come back in season two. And I thought when I started watching the episode, I'm like, oh, he must really love True American. So now we see at the end of the episode, for people who are just podcast listeners but don't watch the show, there's like a seminal moment, I would assume, at the end of this episode. So what was the reason you chose this episode, Puya? See, here's the best part is that <laughs> I know that the end of the episode has like a like a big moment. I know that this is probably, you know, one of the more fun you know, we learn a little bit more about True Americans, so we're vibing with that. That's good. I don't even – I didn't pick it for those reasons. Brooklyn those Decker? reasons are bonuses. Just those reasons Brooklyn are bonuses. For me, for me, I just love that Nick's coat makes him say things like that. <laughs> I, I was in on this for the nonsense with Nick's coat and the get crunk with us, bro, and all that nonsense with the lads. That was really what I was in for. Obviously, everything else comes in and is good, too. And then there's some crossover with another show that I really like that I know Ali really likes, which also comes in. So this is like many things go into it. It's not just one thing. Mm -hmm. It's like the little bits and the big bits, all the bits. It is funny, Akiva, because I do think uh, like Chester wanted to come on because of True American. I think Robbie wanted to come on because of True American. Like it surprisingly has very little to do with this seminal moment, as you predict, mm-hmm. that happens at the end. I also love my, one of my all-time favorite new girl lines in this episode when Nick's like, when I ha- wear it, I feel how to try. <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> I love it. But Puya also is only here for the potential love stories between roommates. He was last here for the story of the 50, mm-hmm. which is when Schmidt tries to kiss Jess. And now he's back when Nick and Jess kiss. All right, so when Winston and Jess kiss, you will come back, Puya. Is that a guarantee? I mean, listen, I'm not trying to spoil it for the audience. Yeah, that's but, true. Uh, just wait and see. Wait and see what I put in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about this coat. Keeb, do you have any articles of clothing that make you feel hot to trot? When I was a kid, I had a leather coat. Ooh. And a leather oh, jacket in like seventh and eighth grade. And people would always like try it on and talk about it. <laughs> I feel like that was the last time I had a piece of clothing that was. Uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, my I, I put on um, uh, a shirt, an RHP shirt with my face on it. And my yes. my seven year old son said, you know, you can't leave the house like that. Right. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's it's crazy. You're, you can't wear your face out in public. I was like, all right. So um, that's that's where I'm at clothing wise right now, wearing T-shirts with my own face on it. Please um, ask Noam if I should stop wearing our new girl merch. <laughs> it doesn't have my face on it. it. Is that face. the key? I think it was is the that... face. 
Okay. Um, Banana's face. Okay. I don't. I don't think I. Yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm not a big clothes guy. What about. What about you two? Do you have any clothes that are like? I feel like Puya feels hot to trot. Oh, I was feeling myself Sunday. I was wearing this like, (laughs) you know, tropical looking shirt. I had glasses on, new hat. I was feeling very good. Obviously, when I'm wearing a hoodie, I feel like comfortable. That's my comfort wear. But you know. I feel like I'm, and I'm like Johnny Drama. I like my cabs, okay, unlike him. So I also, when I'm wearing shorts, I'm feeling that too. I'm liking that. I, don't know, I, I do have clothing items that definitely bring that side out of me, the, the more confident side out of me. Yeah, I mean, Puya looked hot to trot on Sunday. Okay. I was there. Uh, I vouch. Um, yeah, no, I definitely have my, my go-tos. I love the idea of teen Kiwi in a little leather jacket feeling hot to trot. That, mm-hmm. I think, is the top, the top item. Yeah, barely teen Kiwi. I mean, uh, it was like, you know, 12-year-old Kiwi with the leather it is, jacket. It is funny when you think of, like, the outfits you felt that way as a kid about. Like, I had these rainbow bike shorts with this oversized white tee that had, like, rainbow flowers. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was an outfit. That is a look, Bryce Isaiah. Like, I was, I was like, these rainbow bike shorts are giving me everything I need. I think that that's all back now, though. That would be mm-hmm. a great look today. But I, any of those outfits, like, I feel like, are, like, you don't still have the bike shorts, I'm sure, right? I, I could wear them on, like, my pinky toe. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, but, probably, yeah, I, if I had them. Um, yeah, I, I do regret, like, the, th- the few articles of clothing I liked from my childhood, I do regret sort of throwing out. Most famously, my Seinfeld shirt that doesn't exist anymore. The can't, can't stand, stand your shirt. Ya. Mm-hmm. You pay, like, $100 for that shirt now. I know your youth wardrobe. You mm-hmm. could just, I'm going to have that made for you on custom ink. You don't have to pay $100. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get our t-shirt committee, uh, Kyle Picard, and Mel got served on it. Um, Puya. Uh, yeah, yes. and uh, Puya also like too cool. I saw those pics. Puya like not even looking at the camera. He's like, I'm, I'm too cool for, for this group. Puya looks well, photoshopped in to those Yeah, photos. he does look photoshopped in. He's like, I do. I don't know why. I'm happy to be but... here, but I'm also, you know, I don't want to act too happy to, to be here. I'm cooler than these people. Yeah, they got it pretty abruptly. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take this and that doesn't, that's like, that's too cool than what I am. But if mm-hmm. that's what the energy the photo is giving, I'll gladly take <laughs> it. It makes me seem like I'm way too Hollywood for everyone else in the picture. No, it was delightful. But I will say, um, Ali and three other people, including my wife, Liana, oh, no. had somehow got this trend going where they all rock denim at the event. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, it was a jean jacket <laughs> event, um, this hangout. It really was. They Jay Leno'd it. Hot girl summer uniform. Why not? It was up? a jean jacket. Okay. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, so Nick's got this coat. Schmidt, in an effort to feel hot to trot himself, buys himself a luxurious pair of underwear to try to... Uh, create a spark so he can enjoy himself more i i I died at this i'm glad it didn't continue but i kind of thought between nick and schmidt saying it's like a taffy pull on a summer's day was one of the (laughs) funniest uh cold opens we've seen so far in new girl yeah it was it was really good i i I also thought it would be like more of a running thing and it wasn't but it's also good because my daughter was right behind me during the episode and i was like all right i was just gonna ask (laughs) She was she was doing schoolwork. Yeah, who did you watch this with? Myself, but I also was like toggling between like regular volume and very low volume because I didn't know like who was there. I got a lot of family here. We got a big wedding tomorrow night. So you watch TV like a seven year old who's not watching MTV when they're not supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> basically. 
Yeah, I was like, like when I when I famously had cable TV in my room when I was a little kid. Uh, you know, you do the thing where you like change the channel, but you you like keep a channel on last that you want to change it to if you're watching some of your parents don't let you. Yeah. You, you, so you you know you switch back to what was then fifty ESPN and then became thirty six. But like you're so yeah, that's basically as an adult who's like in charge in the house. That's that's how I still watch. I was like, all right, is anyone coming in? I don't want uh, them to hear uh, a Schmidt say anything inappropriate. So I'm like listening on volume number two. Now, Puya, you referenced this scene where the three guys are in the bathroom, and it's a great scene for the three, as you said, lads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, um, them deciding, okay, it's time, we're going to go, we're going to have a guy's night, they're all trying to you know, wingman each other. I like this energy. I like this energy that they're giving. So this worked for me in that sense, but also worked because Nick's unwilling to take this coat off. <laughs> like, he does not, he's in the bathroom with this coat. Like, take it off. Stop. I love Schmidt. Yeah, London Fog. You're looking hot to trot. <laughs> I, just, I love the callback to hot to trot. I'm going to try to stop saying hot to trot, but like Nick with the coat, I can't take it off. It works. Right? I think you should add it to your vocabulary. I think you should add hot. You should tweet it out. Tweet out hot to trot here and there. I think should I replace Puya's great bio with hot to trot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the implication, though. I got to be honest, but uh, Jess wants to come, which sort of kills the energy of the guy hang that Puya set up beautifully. Um, Matt Stewart says, Allie and Puya, do you have a friend that's a cooler? Do you vibe with Nick saying Jess can't come? It will uh, block his sexual energy. Definitely in my friend groups we've had coolers and the coolers would just not get invited out and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be difficult to hide it from the coolers because the coolers famously were very unaware of what's going on around them unless we like directly told them what's going on how do you define a cooler puya um a cooler is someone who does not cannot read the room someone who in my opinion because i know here cooler is like the person who is dampening the sexual energy or the sexual environment, right? To me, in my life, the cooler was the one who just wouldn't read the situation. Like, the dude who wouldn't understand, you need to leave the room now. Like, the hangout's over for you. You say goodbye, you leave now. Like, stuff like that. Misreading cues, cooler. Um, getting involved in a, in a conversation that you need not be in, cooler. Like, deading a flirtation, cooler so there's a lot of that a lot of just like unaware um rooster defense hmm. uh uh no i think that's a great definition um akiva do you think uh that i am a cooler for your friends like would your friends not invite you out because no i don't think you're a cooler at all no the answer is i'm an incredible wing woman mm-hmm. including yes. teeing up a great text for your orthodox non-dad friend Orthodox uh, non-dad friend. Oh yeah, yeah. Your yeah, one yeah. single friend. That's I, true. I gave him advice friend. for an opener, and mm-hmm. it was I, I, incredible. Apparently, I honestly got two good feedback. I was like, "What are you guys working with over there?" That yeah, he has sent me text? more since then, and I just ignore them. Oh well, I guess maybe I'm not as good as I thought. He's like but a no, life cooler. That guy, like he <laughs> he actually came so here good. and he brought stuff for my wife, and I'm like, "It's all right. Like, hopefully, I'll see you before you before you leave, so I could like get the packages you brought." But. uh 
you know, there's life cooling going on. Well, that's terrible to say about your friend. I, I'm a great wing woman. Uh, I used to go out with my friends in college all the time. And, and, you know, I don't have the cooling energy of, of Jess, but I would say the closest thing I have to a cooler is Akiva. And it's inadvertent. It's more like, oh, you do a new girl podcast? Yeah. Who do you do it with? Um, a 37-year-old Orthodox Jewish dad of four in Israel. Okay, <laughs> nice talking to you. <laughs> so it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe you're giving too much information, like my age, how many kids I have. The, like what denomination of Judaism? Like I don't know if all of this is that necessary. Like I don't, I don't know, know how else to describe you. I guess I you could say like balding. You could say well, that's helpful. I wouldn't say my friend. That's you should just say my my friend who's overseas. That's what I would go with. <laughs> overseas, overseas, in the overseas, overseas acquaintance. <laughs> I think I think you should lead with the word my colleague. Because you colleague. can't coworker. You don't choose your colleagues. You choose mm-hmm. your friends and your co-hosts. Yeah. You can't choose your colleague if you want to make have, it seem like that. I have said to relative strangers that I do it with my Orthodox mom. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not working? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that like at the club, but I guess to your to your family, you could say that. Do you think that's how Nick got uh, kicked out of the club? Do you think he started talking about his Orthodox moo? His Moo friend at the club. Don't you think Nick would have like four podcasts if this po- if the show took place like four years later? But I feel like Nick is doing it like, uh, God, who's the character like Creed who- with his blog in the mm-hmm. office? Like it's not hooked up to anything, yeah. and Schmidt's like, just let him go, and yeah, he's just like screaming into week. a yeah. toilet paper roll with a ball of tin foil on the end of it. He thinks Schmidt is like uploading the episodes, and he hasn't been. Akiva, I have something to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, this is just okay. this is just your wife asked me to occupy you for like two hours a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but Akiva, uh, Akiva, Puya, you were referencing the connection to another show. Um, mm-hmm. When they go to the club, we see Brooklyn Decker and we see Brenda Song. Yes, who both have made appearances on the show The League. Um, one of them was the sister of Frank the Body Gibiotti. That's Gina Gibiotti, and that was Brooklyn. Um, and then Brenda Song. Okay, so remind me of this, Ali, because I know you're a big fan of the league. Brenda Song was the was the Pete at a card girlfriend who liked holding hands. Right? Correct, correct. The okay. hand holder. Yeah, yep. yeah. We I, have um, we have Mister. Well, I'm sorry. We have Mrs. Macaulay Culkin and Mrs. Andy Roddick in this episode in the in the loft. Are they? I don't think she's married. I think she just had a kid with him. Okay, that's true. The 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 uh, what's what's the female baby daddy? The the mother of his child. The mother of his child. (laughs) (laughs) Needs a better term than that. Oh. You walked right into it. Brad. They're not married. Yeah, man, love is dead. They just have kids together. Um, you're, see, your see your judgmental moo is showing. No, it's a joke. I just assumed that they were married. Um, but uh, and I, I don't know if Decker and Roddick have kids. I feel like they might just have dogs. No, they have kids. Oh, Mazel Tov. I said that with authority, but I guess I could check with Who authority. Cares? Type, Would type, we type, even type, know type, type, type. If, 
they're so private. Would we even know if Brenda Song and Macaulay Culkin were married or not? You know? Are you worried about that? Yeah. Okay. You want to guess their kids' names? Because she's oh. starting with Brooklyn, which is, you know, not insane, but like already like a, a different kind of name. Oh, Andy Roddick and Brooklyn Decker's kids' names? They have two kids, a boy and a girl, and I actually don't think the names are that wild. Wow, they've been married a long time. For her to only be 34, mm-hmm. they've been married since 2009. Puyo, were, were you ever a Brooklyn Decker person? I do think that that uh, this is like peak Brooklyn Decker when we have her in 2013. It's probably around when she's on the SI cover. You know what's pretty funny is like, I didn't know. I When she walked in, I was like, oh, it's uh, Gina Gibbiotti. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that that was Brooklyn Decker until mm-hmm. I Googled it. Like, I would recognize... Somehow, her as a brunette, like, it's unrecognizable to me. Uh, yeah, like, I I've, I've, I also recognize her stronger from the league. I definitely have seen her in other stuff, but I don't know her body of work very well. Um, Her kids, just before I click off, because I'm going to have mm-hmm. you do a little IMD bags on Brooklyn Decker... Uh, are Hank and Stevie, so okay. nothing, nothing crazy. I feel like Brooklyn Decker is sort of the original Chrissy Teigen. Like she was like the snarky model online, who's like funny and into like, well, you know, a regular like, person. I don't know that we're allowed to say anything about that right now. <laughs> um. All right. So she has her. What do you think her known for? No one really knows, right? Yeah. What is I would? It's, what do you think? Sports Illustrated? Like no, she, no, no. Her known for on IMDb. Oh, four roles? Yeah, Pooh, you have any guesses? Uh, no. Um, was the league up there? I so the league is not. I feel like they tend to put movies in, right? And that uh-huh. that ends up happening. I don't know whatever the algorithm is. Oh, uh, wouldn't just go with it be there then? That's a good ding, idea. ding, yeah. ding. Yeah, she hasn't ding, been in a lot ching, of movies, ching. so that's good. That's a great call. I think she's also like pretty well known for starring in Grace and Frankie with June Day and Raphael. Uh, so another new girl connect. Uh, yeah, she, she, how many episodes do you think of the league was she in? Um, I feel like in my head, I would want to say like eight, but I feel like it'd probably be closer four, three, four, something like that. That's exactly right. I was shocked. It's only three. Yeah. I would have said, but it does feel like it's like closer to 10. That's wild. Yeah. Because she dated Pete for a while. It felt like so. Hmm. Okay. Just three. That's impact right there, though. That's that straight is, up impact. That is impact. Um, and then Brooklyn Decker. I mean, and then Brenda Song only in one episode of uh, The League. Definitely less impact, but more impact here, probably, I think, in terms of uh, the actual relationship she's building with Winston versus what's going on with Brooklyn Decker and the sadness of it all. We got a question from Matt Stewart. So Brooklyn's whole thing, her name's Holly. Holly's whole deal is she's actually attracted to sad guys. Um, Much like, kind of like an homage to a Seinfeld plot where Schmidt's trying to throw Nick under the bus. Like, oh, he's so sad and depressed. And that actually works for him. Uh, Matt Stewart wants to know, are sad guys hot, Keeve? Um... I think confidence is hot. I don't think sad guys are. Can I can I tell my one Andy Roddick story? Speaking of Brooklyn Decker, no, I can't. Okay, yeah, of course, yeah, go ahead. So, no um, here. I went I went with my friend to the U.S. Open, and uh, the way it works is there's like a day session and a night session, but um, they don't really kick you out during the day session. Like if there's a packed uh, you know packed court and there's like 18 courts in the first round or two, 
then they'll maybe ticket you, but but uh, you just can't go into the main stadium. But I stayed like till nine thirty at night. All the side courts finished, and th- they weren't taking tickets anymore for the main stadium. So I went in, and Andy Roddick was playing, and the match had just started. It, it was it was on. Sometimes U.S. Open has like ten o'clock matches that start. So I watched the whole match. My friend left, and he and he was like the favorite, and it was like a lot of media buzz. It was like the he was the hottest point of his whole career. And he loses in straight sets, seven six seven six seven six, and then I go to take the train home. The what is that? The uh, the seven train home, seven to the E, and the whole subway is like dozens and hundreds, really, of ads. All American Express for Andy Roddick. They must have spent like ten million dollars on this ad campaign, and he lost this on the first day of the tournament, and it was just very surreal. Like, see, people were like ripping down the signs, like. Andy Roddick, uh, I don't know, losing the first round with, with like, uh, you know, on like the hottest point of his whole career. Anyway, he married Brooklyn Decker. He's doing okay. This is not at all related, but somehow my equivalent is like when the Tony Award nominations come out and then the Tony Awards happen. Mm-hmm. It's like my favorite day because you see immediately like all of the, sh- like I work, I used to commute through the theater district. So like I'd be walking past all the marquees. And, like, immediately all of the signage goes up, like, eight-time Tony Award nominee, like, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. nominee. And then after the Tonys. Yeah, well, they have the signage immediately. So it's like, are they printing, like, best musical winner or just those sign places, like the ones that work for Leslie Nope or just working all night? Right. And I watch those signs go up and down. Uh, That's that's my Super Bowl. That's Mm -hmm. my tennis tournament. Um, Anyway, back to the episode. Puya, what do you think of the move that Brenda Song's pulling, her character Daisy, of wearing an engagement ring at the bar uh, later to find out it's just so that guys don't hit on her? I full-on endorse it. Um, <laughs> so, some of these dudes out here being creepy. And by and I'm saying creepy, that's like the nice way of saying what I really want to say. Um, so this is definitely a good move because straight up, that might not even work sometimes, which is sad and shouldn't be the case, but it is. So I fully endorse it. Defo, a great defense mechanism against uh, clingy, persistent, uh, more often than not, douchey men. And that's also another like spin twist on a Seinfeld plot that George is wearing an engagement ring or wedding ring because he hears it attracts women. <laughs> but the problem <laughs> is there's not a, it's not as easy for a guy to say, oh, I was wearing a wedding ring to attract women. It's hard to maneuver that. Uh, whereas Daisy just like pulls it off and it's a relief to Winston who has like a really full uh, storyline here that he struggles to hit on women and struggles with confidence in that way. Akiva, at what point did you realize, I think Matt Stewart asked this, that Daisy was single or did you? You know, I had sort of forgotten about the wedding ring pretty quickly. So I, you know, I wasn't really thinking about it. Um, it is an interesting move, I think, the wedding room, because I don't think it will stop many men in a bar at all. From trying it. First of all, men. A lot of a lot of men aren't perceptive and wouldn't pick up on it, right? I wouldn't pick up on it. Uh, like I don't, you don't always know the difference between like a from afar, a especially in a darkly lit bar, like uh, a wedding ring versus just like a random ring on someone's finger. Uh, I wonder what percentage of men it would stop. That is a good experiment for someone to do. I mean, I notice a wedding ring in ten seconds of being in a room. I know every wedding ring at the mm-hmm. party, and it's not because I'm even looking like that. It's just like I I'm observant, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we discussed this with Missy, where uh, Jared Jerome famously does not wear a wedding ring, and she yeah. was like, he wasn't wearing a ring. That I d- that's the one room I didn't walk into and clock all the wedding <laughs> rings. 
uh, I, and I don't, I don't have dads. a wedding ring because my wife said, "Do you want one?" And I didn't think it was a thing people did because I was. Wait, so you young. don't wear a ring? What, see, once I don't again, own one. I have not. I don't own one. <laughs> that I don't own one. I, 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 she asked me if I want one. I was like, I didn't know it was a thing, so I said no. And what am I going to get one now? Um, Booyah, what, where do you stand do, on the, the wedding? Do you wear ring? a ring? Um, so we do not have them at the moment. I think we initially were like, and eh, we're good. And then we've warmed up to it to the point where we want to get rings, but also we've not gone through the process of finding the rings mm-hmm. and figuring out what we want. So I'm down with it. Um, but also if like Liana said, I don't want to wear one, I'd be like, that's cool. If I said, I don't want to wear one, Liana would be cool with it. So that's where we're at. But then she saw you looking hot to trot in the, uh, Hawaiian like, shirt. And she was like, "Hold tonight. on." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we left early because we had to go look at rings. That's what really what happened on Sunday. Is we, it really? No, no, no. We just took oh. the train home. Like no. <laughs> well, because we did speculate. I think I said to Scotty, like, "Oh, maybe they're just like going to get dinner, like the two of them. Like that would be cute." Oh, that would have been cute. No, no, no. We basically we had decided <laughs> we were either going to take the seven o'clock or the eight at the latest, and then Liana had an early day to the next day, so. She snapped aside in the moment. All right, I'm getting the Uber. Like we'll we'll go reach for the seven, which we ended up getting on. I um, do think it. it's this a sign of a good night or a good group hang when everybody leaves sort of abruptly. And let me let me spin this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not plotting your exit hours out. Like I feel like Brian Cohen, he was there. He got up just like kind of randomly and was like, "Well, I gotta go." Like, yeah, it's not the- like when you're not doing the warm up like an hour out. Sometimes I'm thinking to myself like. All right, I got to tell these people I'm going to leave in an hour. <laughs> like, I got to mentally sort of get from A to B. Yeah. No, I do think that the the snap leave means that you weren't thinking of leaving, and now you just kind of have to, which is very – it's a compliment, if anything. I do like that a lot. Do you see, Akiva, how I can spin like an abrupt leave? <laughs> mm-hmm. should be a, it should be a political hack. <laughs> All right, so Jess is back at the loft, completely unraveling. She makes a, a scare, Nick. Um, as someone wrote to us as the old girl with the question for NGOG early on in the pandemic, when I was stuck at home and bored, I was right with Jess cleaning out closets and making things though. I went with masks and not robots out of cardboard. My question is what's the most creative thing you've done while stuck at home to pass the time during the pandemic and who's more creative you meaning me or Akiva. So Puya, all of those questions to you. It's a lot. So am I am I'm answering which one of you is more creative? I guess. Okay, well then first of all, each of you tell me what's the most creative thing you've done during the pandemic. I think Akiva has like a richer imagination and like ideas, like creativity for like content, but mm-hmm. I am more like crafty creative. Yeah, I think yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not agreeing that I have a, a necessarily a rich imagination, but you're definitely much craftier. I'm the least crafty person on earth. Like, I can't draw a straight line. I can't make a stick figure. So a lot of people's ideas of creative, I'm like a zero out of a thousand, you know? But I think uh, you have good, like, let's do this draft or, like, mm-hmm. you talk to your kids about Yeah, I have to come up with, like, 70 podcast ideas a week. I tricked you into – my my thing was I tricked Allie into doing this podcast during, during the <laughs> pandemic. That was my great creative uh, feat. I think Puyas is he started a whole new career. Absolutely. It during did. the pa- was I that did. start during the pandemic? It did, yes. Yeah, I did. It did June first. Yeah, no, I think that that would be my. I, I, it's interesting because I think both of you have that like creativity, but it's then it's different. I think if you combine the two, right? If you were both in the pandemic, like in the same space, God forbid. I, 
<laughs> Knock on wood. I feel <laughs> like Keeve would be like coming up with all these ideas, but then Ali, you'd be the one that would like put it together and like mm-hmm. push it to produce it, you know? So I do yeah. think that collaborative. So this podcast exactly. <laughs> right. So let me let me also say real quick, um uh, Ali made cookies that I tried and oh. they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. Wow. Cookies. Wow. What yeah. what kind of cookie? Chocolate chip? I made oh, a yeah. brown butter chocolate chip cookie mm-hmm. and then I whipped up some blueberry muffins with some extra blueberries I had in the morning. And wow. I felt very accomplished by that because they weren't the best. It's like not the most involved recipe. I didn't have dairy milk, you know, whatever. But it was very funny because when I put it out, they were like, didn't you just say on New Girl that you're going to give like a thousand qualifications? This is like exactly what I did. I was like, the cookies are a little hard because I made them on Thursday and there's non-dairy milk in the muffins and you can tell. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> Yeah, no, Ali this does do a this thing where she like undersold it and everything was like triple what she was selling. So I can do nothing but endorse everything Ali does. I had to bake for our JP people. Aren't blueberry muffins so under underrated? Like uh I I would have a blueberry muffin every morning if I had if like someone offered it to me. I'm not a blueberry guy and a hit, so that's what I'll say. I, I used to not – I've, like, come around in my older age. I'm not suggesting I'm old, old. But, like, when I was a kid, I just, like, plain pancakes. Like, I didn't want – not even, like, chocolate chip. Like, I didn't want fruit in, in my pancakes. But now, like, a blueberry pancake just, like, hits different in your 30s, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so muffins, too. Like, yeah, same kind of thing where I would, like, want, like, a corn muffin or something, like, basic. But, uh, Keeve, if you ca- – I mean – the whole pie thing is such a disaster. Maybe do a muffin tournament. I, muffin I was actually, tournament. when I was making these cookies, I thought to myself, we should do a cookie tournament because then I can like freeze the dough and that I'm like better mm-hmm. at. The, for anyone How who many cookies are there them, though? Yeah, explain millions. what we're talking about. and then. I, I, oh, yeah, Chester endless. hit me up and was like, can you actually do eight pies for the pie tournament? And he's saying it's going to be small bullshit. You guys will invite a thousand people and... To make eight kosher pies, I would, like, have to go live in his house for a weekend. And then he's like, well, you could just buy all new stuff and we'll reimburse it and then make it in your kitchen. And it's like, I don't want to take on the the guilt of serving not technically kosher pies to Moos. Yeah, no, you can't serve the not kosher stuff. <laughs> no, no, but I'm even saying, like, okay, so I get all new bowls and mixers and... I don't know, I like bleach my oven or whatever would mm-hmm. be required. Get a new but apartment. It, yeah, exactly. Like, what am I supposed to do? So, like, I, I, it would involve me, like, moving in with Chester. And he's, like, not really taking no for an answer. But the cookies, it's just sort of, like, easier. Mm-hmm. All right, it's good to know. Listen, I, you're getting good reviews. This is impressive. Like, because a lot of us are just, like, internet freaks. And who knows what happens when someone, you know, meets them in person. But it, it, you know, apartment's clean. But, Cookies are good. This is it's. Positive. I want to be clear. I'm not getting good reviews on my personality or presence. No, uh, I'm I don't. Ali is no one's perfect. No, Ali is exactly like you'd imagine. Oh, mm-hmm. f you, Puya. Wait. <laughs> 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 uh, Liana, who's amazing and messy, future NGOG guest. Um, she said. To Puya, like quietly at the table, like rank everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> By and, what though? Well, exactly. So we like I inserted myself into the conversation. Was like, what do you mean? Blah blah blah. And he, she was like, rank them, like whatever. 
And he was like, I can't. Blah, blah. And I was like, what you say when somebody's like, hey, me in person, right? Is you say, you're exactly as I imagined you'd be. Like, you're exactly as I expected. Because it feels like a compliment. But it's not really. Because who knows what you expected them to be. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So Puya just hit me hard with that. <laughs> Since this is like such a key episode, we should get uh, we should get deep into the episode for a few minutes, I think. Yeah, you know what you could do is like you could just take us there. We didn't even do yeah, the Keeves Keeves Digest yet. Right? <laughs> yeah, we went right through it. You <laughs> okay, so basically, uh, the guys want to go out and find women. Uh, they don't <laughs> want the cooler Jess to come with them, so she entertains herself at home. Uh, she ends up getting scared because of this the local scratcher. And uh, ends up having everyone come home. We have a 10-minute game of True American. And there's a big smooch at the end of the episode. Okay, so she we're at the scratcher part. She calls Sam. She calls Cece. I, I do like, in terms of the structure of the episode, that it was already explained why Sam and Cece wouldn't be available. So she's got to call Nick. I, I did laugh at, like, the, like, <laughs> I've always been worried about my blue curtains. Grips. <laughs> so stupid. Jess is so insane. Uh, I mean, they used to say, like, don't wear red hats when I was in college. Like, then the people think you're in the bloods. But, I, you know, I don't know. Are they still going strong, the Crips? <laughs> Who are you asking? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, don't know. know if, if uh, we're going to be able to help you there. No yeah, way. Probably not. I, it's more of a West Coast question, I think, anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Ask Rob when we get on with him <laughs> That's later. <right. laughs> See, <laughs> they, well, he had blue curtains. They were after him. That's why he moved to North Carolina. All right, so they're all back at the loft. I like that Engage Daisy shows back up with them, and so does uh, Gina Gibiati. And they play True American with a sexy new twist. This doesn't really hold up, but it did get a laugh, and I'm sorry to the world. Clinton rules. Pick your intern. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Am I getting in trouble for laughing at that? It's like it's it's like pretty disgusting. Do you, do you, have you noticed uh, Monica Lewinsky on Twitter? Of course like, I have. She's usually, she usually goes viral for jokes about herself, but recently has sort of uh, branched out into just other tweets that have gone viral. And so it's funny just seeing like a popular tweet that's not about the Bill Clinton stuff, but it's from Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky's an icon. I'm eating one of those cookies that I made from the mm-hmm. weekend. Sorry. <laughs> but you reminded me. They're right here. It, 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 yeah. Jimmy Kimmel always tells a story like, and Bill Simmons tells it like, when his show started, they had like guest hosts for the week. And they had Monica Winsky like Great real, really early, uh, but the condition was they couldn't like reference the Bill Clinton stuff. So like, what like all right, she had like a jewelry line or something. Like it was tricky because they had Monica Winsky, and then they were told like, oh, we're not allowed to reference anything. Uh, yeah, Puya gave us a similar rider. You reviewed that, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Um, Puya, do you think True American? Matt Stewart says, does True American work as well comedically? If you don't have someone who has no idea what's going on, that slowly figures it out by the end. So the first episode of True American happens with Russell, and now we have uh, it all being explained to Gina. Yeah, I think that it's important to have someone who doesn't know the rules there so that it can be used as a plot device a little bit. And I feel like it's the type of game where... Like, the entire basis of this game sounds very much made up, right? So they can do whatever they want with the game to add elements to the game that would benefit them in the moment. Whereas I feel like with Russell, there was a little bit of that. We see it here where now there's this, you know, put the numbers up and then there's going to be a smooch element to, like, the two people that get the same number. So I feel like even part of me thinks 
they make some of this as they go along and it's convenient because then there's other people that don't know better. Yeah, I, I it was very Jess off the top, sort of like making things up even more than with the Russell thing to like get them into the right position with Nick to try to not cool. But I, it always works for me. The like, you're in the Amber Waves of Green or Westward Ho, son, Westward Ho. I, I like the true American as a plot device really works for me. They said in the Variety interview that um, there are no official rules anywhere, which I guess we didn't need the interview to tell us that. But they did tell us I that. I remember back in like 2012, 2013, I found a Tumblr page that recreated it with all the rules they believe to be there and i bookmarked it on like three laptops ago and i never found the website again so i will never know what the rules were but i think <laughs> at one point i was close to it westward ho puya westward ho <laughs> um keeve do you think you'd be good at true american um i i the the, the rules really get complicated every time i'm not a great drinker uh, so it probably wouldn't be my strength, but I, I, I would be good at maybe like uh, tweaking the rules a little bit. I know a lot of the I presidents. would manipulate the rules. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, yeah, because I think I'd be good at the drinking, but I'm not great at the history stuff. Uh, so we'd be a good team, much like mm -hmm. in our creativity, our creative pursuits. So Cece's on a date with Shivang, played by Satya Baba. And well, what happened to Cece's last boyfriend? Did that end? The, oh, the one where uh, two guys barge in and, like, ruin the meeting of the family? So that's it? That's It's over because the two randos barged in? They were basically, like, borderline engaged if the families are meeting, I'm guessing, and now that's no, over? No, the families had to meet before they could even go out on a date. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. I think in, in yeah. our world it's it's like, I don't know, maybe it's the same, I don't know, for ultra-Orthodox people. I'm not sure, honestly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you really stepped in it and then we're like, actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, now maybe that is common with, every, <laughs> with all arranged marriages. I have no idea. But they're on a date, and I just want to know if you can speculate, and I have a list of movies from January of 2013, of what 3D movie made Chevron cry? Because you don't often see someone take their 3D. I did cry <laughs> in uh, Black Panther. And maybe the Toy Story movies. Yeah, I watched Toy Story 3 in 3D. That could have been it. That's what I was going to... About this time, could have been that. Uh, and that there's a scene, of course. Everyone's going to be crying. I mean, do you think it was Texas Chainsaw 3D, which came out two weeks prior in 2013? <laughs> oh, you looked it up? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Escape from Planet Earth. Uh, I can't see uh, CeCe going right to that movie on a first date, honestly. It was probably, it was probably a December 2012 3D movie. I mean, I know they weren't really out of movie, but it's like Shavrang's like crying because he really wants to be a dad. But so it's like, but again, what date you're taking her to a children's movie? Right. I, I know I care more about this than I should, but I can't help it. <laughs> Do you think it was Dino Time? Dino Time, which which came out December 7th, 2012. Yes, it was Dino Time. Cirque du Soleil Worlds Away. That would Did be a that? funny thing. It wasn't funny enough for them to mention what she was crying at. So maybe it was Wreck It Ralph. Anyway, I, I found that to be uh, <laughs> to be interesting. Although I like I like Shervang or Shervang. I like how he's like you don't have to make up this many emergency calls. Uh, just his whole shtick about like there are much easier ways to break up with me than to. Uh, but if you're on a first date and and a woman says like, "Hey, uh, my friend is like locked out or thinks she's good," like that's a great excuse. But the guy will 100% think that you're lying, even if you're telling the truth. 
well, no one's ever done that to me, so I can't. I don't know mm-hmm. how I would feel. You've never lied to get out of like a date early. I mean, what's early? Like oh, I have to work after this. Yeah. That's never a lie. Well, it's not a lie. I always That's have true. to work. Fair enough. <laughs> but if you're having a good time, maybe you wouldn't have to work that fast. Yeah, I mean, I think the truth is with that kind of thing is it always mat like I've canceled on someone like I have a migraine. I can't go tonight, but I really just had to clean my apartment. But <laughs> um, but it all matters. Like everyone assumes I think any cancellation or any early exit is a lie. And then it's just on you to be like, I had a really great time. Let's do that again. You know what I mean? Like you it's just like the onus is on you to follow up. I think Shivrang made too big of a deal out of it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think that um, Shivrang really doesn't come off great on the first impression here. Would like first of all be like, oh man, I cried. Is that is that really a bad thing to do on a first date? And I'm like, Shivrang, like, you can cry. It's allowed. Okay, you're not like you don't have to be like some lumberjack who doesn't shed tears to be a man. Like, relax. But then all of the other stuff of like, oh, am I really? Or, you don't have to lie. You can just leave. Like, to me, that's worse than trying to be sad for the sake of being sad almost um, with with uh, Schmidt. Actually, they're both bad. I don't want to say one is better than the other. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, Gibiati would be interested in Shivrang. Sad guys being hot. I think they would be a good match. In this instance, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Akiva, do you think that Holly and Shivrang get together? Holly and Shivrang? No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think see I, I was waiting for you to ask me if Brooklyn Decker and uh, Macaulay Culkin's uh, baby mama are baby why I said there's no baby daddy but there is baby mama right yeah we all we we knew we just wanted you to get it's there, I'm you know? late it's late I'm tired I couldn't <laughs> think of the phrase um good thing we don't have a whole nother podcast after this. um I I don't know if they come back or not I assume it's like they both come back or neither come back but I, I couldn't really read it left the door open at the end of the episode Okay. Um, so, all right. So, we're back at the loft. Cece shows up. This is where I love this episode. It loses me a little with the whole... It goes a little too far, I think, with Schmidt lying that Cece's still in love with him and Cece going along with it. Akiva, what did you make of that moment? It is really interesting, right? It's like Cece is going to ruin her own relationship just to help out Schmidt with this other woman, right? It's like a fascinating scene. But uh, honestly, there's no there's no better way to explain I'm still friends with my ex, but look at how clearly not into him I am anymore. I'm helping him get laid. Like I think one more conversation with Shivrang and I, I think it's a she's hot weird. enough to get out of it. Yeah, I think that's I mean, listen, CC maybe is like pretty enough to get away with this, but like Shivrang I think is I don't I I I mean, I don't think we're going to see him again, honestly. Um, all right, so let's get, I just, that's, I'm being selfish, but that was my least favorite part of the episode, so let's get to my favorite part. Uh, Nick and Jess have to go behind the Iron Curtain and French a little. <laughs> let's just suck it up and French a little. Um, Puya, take me through what you're feeling at the sexual tension build between Jess and Nick in this episode. Um, so, upon the first watch of this, I was rooting for Nick to get Holly. Yes. So... In this instance, I was notably upset because now this is happening. And and nothing frustrated me more than when they had to put up the numbers and Nick makes it so clear what number to put up. And then Jess is the one who puts that number up. But for me, this was a very fun scene because I do think that um, 
it would make it so much easier if you just suck it up in French a little. <laughs> However, the combination of she doesn't like that he licks his lips to wetten them up, which I regret saying that on a podcast. Um, and then uh, he tries to do it with his eyes closed and she doesn't like that. That he tries to do it with his face open, which was terrifying. <laughs> It was it was very fun though. It was very fun, classic two people trying to battle Frenching each other. But then there was clear build up here for me in this scene. Clear build up of this means this is like might mean a little bit more to these two than it not being a big deal because it would have happened seventeen times over by now if it wasn't a big deal. I absolutely love the jump cut from Sam coming and being like, "What's going on? Are you okay?" to kiss, kiss, kiss. Like, it's mm -hmm. just like, they do the perfect yada yada of like, Sam's on board, it's fine. And I just am always so impressed with that part and I always laugh when it happens. Keeve, did, where did you think this was going at this point? I didn't think they'd kiss, but I also now realize the show has like, a, hey, we're gonna, more than most sitcoms, we're happy to throw in like a shock twist ending uh, in the last minute of an episode that wasn't necessarily let on. So I didn't think they would. I thought they would, and then once they didn't, I didn't think we'd get back to it here. There is no more powerful, like almost more than the kiss, is when Nick says the not like this. Mm -hmm. But what I love about New Girl, and it happens even with the kiss, is like there's such a good balance of like that drama relationship, like not like this, and it's like, whoa, they had the leg touch. But then he goes so ridiculous and jumps out the window. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they still take it to, like, the crazy place. And every time you're in a serious moment, they, like, escalate to something funny immediately. Nick in the trench coat outside the window, like, I made a huge mistake. It's, <laughs> I, it works for me. Yeah. My favorite part of it is Schmidt passing out, honestly. Like, <laughs> that's a friend right there. <laughs> Schmidt just loves him too much. Far too much. Um, but the episode wraps with Schmidt's getting with Holly, Winston's getting with Daisy, Jess and Sam go to bed, all is sort of right in the loft world. And then uh, Jess comes out with a curling iron on like a mop handle. I don't know what kind of weapon weaponry this is. Yeah. Neither does anyone else. <laughs> no, it's it's like it's a weird like concoction i feel like we've all had this i'm so the one thing i do relate to with jess is the in apartment paranoia um i'm definitely i'm the every night without fail for the last like four months i go to bed after liana does like later at night every time head hits pillow i still go and check to make sure i lock the door even though i checked an hour prior and nothing's changed since so i've definitely picked up the odd item to be the weapon nothing quite like this but i respect it <laughs> What's your go-to weapon? What's your weapon of choice? Um, so for me, um, I, I'm a big fan of holding my keys um, as like... Uh, it would have been funny if you said like, well, yeah. I sleep with a yeah. shotgun under my bed just in case. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> what is he, <laughs> Noam or Yosef? Why, you think Noam would have... Well, I mean, Noam, no, Yosef. Well, I have three guns. Three, three guns. <laughs> that oh each fire 16 yeah. bullets. What's the number? 19 bullets. When I say abracadabra, go back to my gun, they all go back to my gun. <laughs> A classic. All right, so the big line. So first of all, I love the resolution of the coat. The woman who's got the dog, who is the scratcher, owns the coat. That's hysterical. I'm glad that Nick wasn't in the coat when they made out. I think that was extremely important. And then Nick has 
what is the hottest moment of his life, undoubtedly. Like, he pulls it off flawlessly with the grab, and then the perfect line, I meant something like that. Bob Marasa says, was the Nick and Jess kiss the best on-screen kiss in sitcom history, Akiva? A, yes, or B, hell yes, or C, fire emoji? I mean, that's wild. The number one in the history of cinema, TV, or movies? <laughs> no, sitcom history. Sitcom? Isn't there a big Ross and Rachel one? Yeah, I mean... They're up there. That's a lot. Like, this one's more fun. That one's mm -hmm. more emotional. I this is hotter. I think this is a hotter kiss. Mm -hmm. It is. And this kiss feels less like TV kiss. It feels more authentic. Yes. Yeah. This is a very well-directed so. episode. Maybe the best directed episode so far. And the like, writing is so good. To me, it's good, so the funny. Really and good. they move the story along for mm -hmm. literally everyone. A lot happens, literally Winston. But it doesn't drag, yeah. Everyone's story gets advanced here. Which I feel like doesn't like Cece and the Sharang storyline has moved. Winston's moving into this like sort of relationship place and like he's vulnerable. We learn more about him. Schmidt's back out there and then obviously Nick and Jess. So I just think this is maybe one of my top three, I would say, of the episodes we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely up there. That, a shocking moment. We've had two or three shockers. Whoa. Uh, Right? Didn't uh, well? Didn't we have? Didn't we have? Um, Pui, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Didn't we have? Uh, you know, the, some of the Schmidt CC stuff was, you know, was played for like uh, shock twists at the end. But yeah, no, this is this is up there. This is a big deal. And then boom, you have Sam dragging out Mel and Nick in the middle of it. So again, like I just think there's a lot of good like rise and fall here. Um, Kelly wants to know, Keeve, did this ending make you want to click play next, or are you immune to the binge watch instinct with New Girl? I think I'm immune to it. It's a good question, but I, I in general, I always have, have that feeling, and I usually binge watch things instead of watching, you know. I make sure people say they're good, and I binge watch them all afterwards. I, I didn't, because I also think, like, I, to me, this doesn't make me feel like we're just, they're just going to be married next week for the rest of the season, the series. Like, it, maybe it's not it barely dressed next week. Who knows? I also forgot, I think, on the rewatch, like, how early this happens. Like, this mm -hmm. is season two, episode 15. We have seven seasons total. Yeah. Very, very early for uh, now four characters in the core five to have had a little menage. Mm -hmm. And that makes it sound like it was all together. I was just using menage <laughs> to mean two people. The, 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 do the dose, menage. Um... All right, let's get to the guide. We have a million questions. Matt Stewart listed out a ton of, like, who do we think we'll see again? So what do you think? Do you think we see, give us Holly, give us the likelihood top to bottom of who we'll see again between Shervang, Holly, and um, uh, Macaulay Culkin, the mother of Macaulay Culkin's child, Brenda Song? You know, we would forgot about Sam for a second also. He'll be back. I'm going to say... Well, I just assume... I've stopped asking if Sam's going to be back because he's, like, sleeping yeah. at Jess's right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say no to Chevrang and yes to the ladies. No to Chevrang, yes to both ladies. Who mm -hmm. do you think is more likely between the two? I, I figured they were a package deal. Well, they uh, have no connection to each other. They're I know, but I figured, like... Other. I mean, uh, Brooklyn Decker's more famous, so, like... She could either have the three, you know, the three episode stint, or maybe it's like we just got her. Brenda Song is more gettable. I mean, what I want you to look at is the quality of the relationship being built between the women and the men, their respective yeah. okay, men. Okay, fine. So then, then Brenda Song <laughs> with Winston. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe no one. I like to manipulate your thoughts here. 
Um, do you think we see True American again? Yes. Oh, if this is the last time we see True American in season two, I'd be very disappointed. All right, Puya, am I missing any good asks for... Do we see Scarecrow Nick again? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's funny that when they the... need Sam to be like the superhero doctor, he is. But then he's just like a dork sleeping in her room with the with the crow. When, you know, when they... <laughs> with the crow? When, when he's like uh, <laughs> getting crow. cucked by Jess. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hearing Keith say cuck was not on my list of things. Oh. Today, but it it's the second time in a podcast Lovely. this week. Oh, oh God. God. Um, we have to talk about ratioing, but let's let's get oh, to the yeah. who won the episode and then we'll let Puya school you on the ratios. Yes. Um Matt Stewart. Well, let's let's pick Puya, who do you think won the episode? Um, I mean, I think I think considering everything that happened, it's difficult, you know, because I feel like I could go many different ways with this. I think everyone could win it for a different reason potentially. Um I feel like everything's telling me to give the win to Nick. I think Nick gets the win here. Nick had a coat. The coat gave him confidence only the coat does. The coat made him say things only the coat makes him say, which we loved. Um, He does end up not getting Holly, but then he gets, he kisses Jess, which I thought was very smoothly done. And he does it without the coat. He graduated from the coat to do something that the coat would have made him do, and that's have guts and do the kiss. So I would give it to Nick for that reason, because he doesn't have any other problems following. Whereas, I mean, you look at Schmidt, at what cost does Schmidt get Holly? He gets Holly at the cost of making CC do something for him there. Nick kisses, uh, I mean, sorry, Jess kisses Nick, but then also has to deal with Sam as well in the next bedroom. Uh, Winston, honestly, low-key was about to be my winner pick because I do love me some Winston, and I feel like he doesn't get enough love. Um, but that's because of the show, not because of y'all. But then, I don't know, maybe Winston. It could be Nick or Winston. So you're saying the hot to trot, the trot was hot within him the whole time. Exactly. He was, he was hot and he was trotting all along. He just didn't know it. Uh, Keeve, who you got here? It's tricky because J- Jess has an all-time episode. First of all, like, the, the, the scenes with um, Jess alone in the apartment running around are really well done and very funny. Uh, she handles the whole thing really well. It's hard not to give it to her. She's ma- she's handling the Sam stuff. But yeah, this is Nick's coming out party. Second week in a row, I'm giving it to Nick. So Matt Stewart and producer Kelly agree. Uh, Matt Stewart says, Nick, the episode was filled with MVPable moments and characters, but wooey, is it hot in here? Or was it just Nick's confident ending? And Kelly says, the Nick is Nick too obvious an answer? Trenchcoat Nick was just next level. He's so funny and ends up finally initiating the kiss we've been waiting for for a season and a half. If we go non-core five, I think it's Daisy. She was so funny, cool, and dominates every scene she's in. Uh, thanks to Matt Stewart and Kelly, as always, for weighing in. I'm giving it to Jess, though. I, I think Nick is a totally passable winner, but to me, like especially reviewing my notes, I think Jess has a lot of great lines. And she ends the episode with two hot guys into her. Uh, Nick ends the episode like FML. <laughs> so I, I give it to Jess, but it's by a hair. Um all right, before we let Puya close this out and let Akiva guess what will happen next week, uh, Puya, you want to take Akiva to school? Yes, I would love to. Um, call me the school bus because I'm about to do that. All right, Akiva. So, 
mm-hmm. couple weeks ago, Keith, a couple weeks ago at this point, mm-hmm. the topic of getting ratioed comes up. Yes. And you said, remind me what you said about getting ratioed. Well, the classic ratio was like, all right, I tweet, you know, vaccine doesn't work. And it's <laughs> the and, classic. <laughs> and, and it's like, uh, cast me on Survivor, the vaccine doesn't work. And then it's like 500 replies zero retweets three likes now twitter has changed a little bit because the dunk is now uh, the uh, quote uh, tweet uh, uh, uh. no 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 that's what you said mm-hmm. i so, said go ahead yes. go ahead no ali you tell us what you said so what i said was oh i thought it was like then rob sister nina or like akiva writes like run up is great and then Rob, and that gets no love. And then Rob retweet quote tweets it with like ding, and then he gets like seven thousand likes. Mm-mm. That's not a ratio. Yeah, so it's yeah. So so the ratio that is the norm nowadays mm-hmm. is, Keeve, you tweet something, mm-hmm. I reply to that tweet, and my tweet gets my reply to you gets more likes than your original tweet. That is getting ratioed. Um, if you want to really stick it to someone. You write something along the lines of didn't ask, but hold this ratio and then get ratioed. <laughs> then that would be sick. But then that you're depending on other people to give you the likes because then it's embarrassing if you write that and then don't get the likes. So next time you tweet, Keeve, if someone gets more likes than you in the reply to that tweet, they've ratioed you. So, But now they've taken like what was a very firmly established thing and used the, compl- uh, the word for a completely different thing. What about a subtweet ratio? Like Chappelle, like is like, "Hey girl, like send me your feet pics," and then I write mm-hmm. subtweet. Not to me. Chappelle says that to another part of him. I'll say and this, then, and then I write. Well, I'm already saying something, mm-hmm. and then I write. I write, uh, yo, like at at Puya, come get your man, Chappelle. Like whose man's is this, Chappelle? But I don't tag mm-hmm. him, and that gets more likes than Chappelle's. Mm-hmm. Is that ratio? Can you subtweet ratio someone? I think so. I mean, getting ratioed essentially is whatever your content was, someone else got involved and did it better, and and you are now taking an L for that. So, and, and I would say Chappelle so like would be a great person to ratio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chappelle's a very easy person to ratio because the dude tweets too much. So <laughs> he's he's like spreading himself see, thin on. The, I see a lot of people tweets. using it the way, just using a quick Twitter search, using it my way. Yeah, because definitely what more people say on Twitter is factual. <laughs> well, that's we're talking about a Twitter. What did you search? Thing. No, what did you search? Just the words "getting ratioed" and like the people who are like, "Look, this person's getting ratioed." It's it's the. Now, the quote tweet has changed a little bit, but I think it's still like if you have seven likes and 300 replies, you still got ratioed. Okay, well, here's what being ratioed on Twitter actually means. A pop buzz. According to Urban Dictionary, being ratioed is when a reply to a tweet gets more likes than the tweet it was replying to, usually indicating mm. that the unpopularity or stupidity of the original tweet. Okay. All right. We're going to let Puya go out on a high note here. Mm-hmm. He's correct. We're, we're late. He's late now to do a Twitch stream. We're late. So, well, our lateness doesn't matter as much as Puya. So, Puya, where can people find you? What are you up to besides uh, having cookies in my apartment? Yeah, people can find me on um, all major social media platforms at Puyaism, but on Twitch.tv at Puya. Um, it's been a fun month for me. I'm actually in the middle. 
I'm at the midway point now of streaming every day to celebrate my one-year anniversary of Twitch streaming. So it's been a very fun time, and I've been doing that. As far as podcasting goes, Rob came back once again this week first to talk all about 90 Day Fiancé over on um, Rob is a Podcast Network, so you can check that out. And then I will be the next person, along with Jenny Autumn, to talk about a season of Survivor with Rob. That's Survivor Co. Wrong. So that'll be going down this week as well. Very excited about that. Then I'm doing a project with Mike and Josh, which I'm not sure where it's getting released. But we're doing some kind of a tier list kind of thing. So check that out when that drops somewhere. I will be sure to advertise it when it does. And I think that wraps up everything I am doing. Um... Besides, of course, eating the last remaining cookie after this podcast is done. Oh, yeah. I did give Puya to go back. Um, yeah. All right. Puya stays busy. Definitely check Puya out. Um, Kiev and I will be talking about uh, Zooey and Michael Bolton and all of the mess that was a celebrity dating game at Rob Has a Podcast. Uh, on Rob Has a Podcast, RobHasWebsite.com. That'll be out soon. Uh, Kiwi is staying busy himself with the return of her nap and the song of the summer uh, written by Will, Will Simon. Excellent work there. Uh, and then talking about, you know, some football stuff with the great Alex Chester over at 32 fans. Uh, I'm just doing this. So you can check me out here until the challenge comes back. You can subscribe, uh, leave reviews, link to all major podcast places at anchor.fm slash new girl old guy we'll be back next week to talk about season two episode 16 keep you ready for the name yes please all right so you'll give your thing and then puya will take us out of here table 34 oof that's tough um nick is bartending and table 34 is giving him problems never cross the bar there we go all right. We had a lot of fun here today. A lot was said. We discussed ratios. We discussed coats. We figured out who's hot to trot and who's not. And aside from that, we've got nothing else left here. Tune in next week to find out if Table 34 is what Keith says or not. Until then, take care, stay hydrated, and remember, get you a coat that makes you say things like that. Bye. Ali and Akiva. Gonna talk a TV show And maybe Jenny Garner